0: It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. Pam Jordan is our guest today. She's a no-nonsense financial expert and speaker. Pam specializes in analyzing and streamlining the back end of fast-growing companies as well as efficiently creating more profit and strategic growth. Pam and her team manage over half a billion dollars for entrepreneurs. Pam and her husband, Nick, while Pam was in college and have been together ever since. Together, they have three children. In her personal time, Pam likes to brainstorm new business endeavors, blog on her food account, imaceliac.com, and end the night with her favorite drink, bourbon. Pam Jordan is a free spirit who's tapped into her own greatness and understands the power of helping others experience their potential. She is a finance whiz who loves spreadsheets and helps companies understand their numbers in a way that changes how they make business decisions. She helps companies and people maximize their growth. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have this conversation and just looking forward to uh, learning all these great things. So, awesome. Thanks, thanks Robert.
1: Me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. So I typically have everybody start just sharing how they made the leap into entrepreneurship. And so I know you have a fun story, so I'm looking forward to sharing it.
1: I do have a fun story. So, um, I worked for someone else for a long time, almost 15 years, specifically in the construction industry, a general contractor learned a lot. Um, had 99 employees, multiple million in revenue. It was a fun ride until it wasn't. Um, Unfortunately, there was a salesperson who um, wasn't doing their job. And you can lose money on one job. You can't lose money on four jobs. And so the company, unfortunately, had to file bankruptcy because they were large commercial contracts. And so we battened down the hatches and, and tried to survive. And the bank said, good work, but not fast enough and shut us down. And so um, I was successful. Um, like I was the one in court doing um, the plan and being sworn in and talking to lawyers and all of that fun, wonderfulness. And um, realized that I will never let that happen again to another business owner if I can help it. Wow. So um, we were able to protect the owner and all of his assets, but the company went down. So I started my own company, um, a fractional CFO firm because I wanted to help business owners understand their numbers so that they would not get to that place ever, ever again. So six years ago, started my firm and got a client and got another client. And we've been helping companies have numbers they can trust and understand since.
0: Mm, Love that. So so basically a sinking ship.
1: I was playing the violin (laughs) as we sank.
0: That, that' that's got to be super challenging right to to know that the ship is sinking and know that you're you're needed right up until the end and 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 i can't even imagine you know going to court and and trying to fight for something that's lost
1: yeah it, it was hard and um yeah it, emotionally physically it was a dark time
0: <laughs> so so obviously that wanting to prevent that for others is, is a, is a big driver. Um, what, what became your, your, your next driver? What, 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 what pushes you to do what you want, do what you're doing?
1: Um, I wanted to build my own legacy and my own impact on the world. I'd spent a lot of time building someone else's legacy and their um, assets. And at the end of the day, like I said, I was able to protect all of his real estate and all of those things, and I had a mortgage and had to get a job. So um, I wanted to create my own legacy and my own impact, so that I was in control of my future and out for significance, not just shiny stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, significance! I love that word. So, so let's let's talk about significance and and how is that different than than the shiny objects?
1: Yes. Um, So when we engage with business owners, we start with what their goals are, um, because I need to know where you want to take this company and what's important for you personally and business wise. And I find that there's a group of business owners that are after shiny stuff. And if all the, if they want shiny stuff, we will help them get shiny stuff. And if they're out for significance, um, for me, that means impact to others outside of yourself, then we will help you get significance. Um, there's, everyone defines wealth differently and shows wealth differently, um, but I'm out for having a positive impact on the world and our community and our um, the people that we touch. But that doesn't mean I'm you know gonna live under a bridge with no house and those sorts of things. So it, it's a balance. Um, but I believe the more you have, the bigger impact you can have in the world.
0: Oh, that's so true. So let's talk about what, what's been the biggest challenge over the last five years of of building your business and and trying to develop a legacy?
1: Um, Probably figuring out, I don't, there's no work-life balance. There's work-life integration. So um, I'm a wife and a mom, and that's hugely important to me. And I also travel, which is different than most moms in the world. Um, So the toughest part was trying to figure out how much could I be on the road? How much can mom be gone and life still be okay? Um, Because in a world where dads leave on Monday and come home on Friday and they're home for the weekends, and that's perfectly acceptable, not so much for me. Um, And so it was trying to figure out what what those boundaries were for my family and what works and what doesn't um i think that i could have scaled my company significant like way faster had i jumped on a plane monday morning to come home friday afternoon um but i would prefer to make soccer practice and be home for dinner and help them you know study for their tests and those sorts of things
0: well absolutely and and it's always a choice right you the, the advantage of, of being an entrepreneur, the blessing of being an entrepreneur is that you get to design the business that you want to create the lifestyle that you want.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That freedom is what being an entrepreneur is, you know, the, the freedom of the money to live the life you want and the freedom of the schedule to live the life
0: you want. Hmm. That's so good. Well, and boundaries can be so challenging for some, right? How to how to know where to set those boundaries? How to um, maintain them? Right, Hold, <laughs> have integrity with yourself that this is my boundary, and 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 be integrous, you know, about about keeping that. And I appreciate you said, you know, there's no such thing as work-life balance. I, I definitely agree. I don't like the word balance. I think of the the teeter-totter when we were when we were kids right and there's one kid on each side and you kind of lean a little just to get it to stay in that perfect spot but then once it's balanced you just everything stops right freeze so right. in that moment when your family everything's perfect all you have to do is say all right freeze everybody stop but of course life never stops you know everything yeah. in fact life gets faster and faster with kids especially um as they're growing up and so having integration i i like to think of harmony right because everything's in vibration uh, Having harmony in our family and and having the family uh, agree and understand, you know, this is this is the model we're working with. This is and, and you get to design that that too, right? You get to choose because you're not stuck in a nine to five and you're not stuck in a Monday through Friday. And of course, your husband um, works weekends, <laughs> and so you know you have to make choices that are gonna you know integrate and work together. And so I really appreciate. Um, the value of that. And, and and how important that is, you get to choose your priorities and you get to build your business around what's important to you.
1: Yeah. I love it. And then I, we've got two girls and a son and I get to show my girls that a mom can own a business and a mom can travel and a mom can, you know, go out and make an impact on the world. And I'm not knocking stay at home moms at all, but not all of us are wired that way. And
0: well, and, and I think the whole stay-at-home mom movement has really disempowered women and 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 left women vulnerable because, you know, the divorce rate continues to increase and women that have stayed at home aren't prepared for the workplace, aren't prepared for, for starting their own businesses. and And then they become victims of relationships that they don't want to be involved in because they feel like they have no... They have no way out and no pathway out, and and I think I think we've done a disservice to women by elevating the idea of stay-at-home mom, because I, I think it really does take away something that that they sh- that they deserve that that they're worthy of, right? Being involved in the workplace, being involved in and in, and having something outside of the home um, yeah. is so powerful.
1: And there's a lot of skills that a stay-at-home mom has that transfer over to business. But for some reason, um, they're not recognized appropriately.
0: Mm, um, absolutely. I mean, all the-
1: so you, when yeah. a stay-at-home mom goes into an interview and she's not recognized for the contribution mm-hmm. that she's done, I mean, she's been running a business, her family, day and night. You know, for years, and making sure everyone gets where they're supposed to go and does what they're supposed to do, and everyone's fed, and um, those those are not necessarily recognized in the workplace well, with the value that they should be.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and companies are, are typically so single single sided, right? You, you got to have this degree, and you got to have this experience, and and we feel like you you'll you'll fit in. But the truth is, there's there's so many other things that that so many other value. That a, a, a mom can bring <laughs> to the workplace, yeah. and and I, I definitely think um, in part of our my desire to empower women is definitely to encourage you know you need to be in the workplace or, or building a business at home in, along with being a mom. And I realize being a mom, a stay-at-home mom, is is a it's a big job, but it's not it's not all encompassing, right? I mean, unless you've got a dozen kids. <laughs> Which, which I, I would. I, two kids was more than enough for for my wife and I. And so anyone that has more than two, you know, you're like, woo, that's a superhero position. So, but I, I think I think they they need to be encouraged to use their skills and and uh, diversify. Right. I mean, think about diversifying your financials. You diver- diversify your portfolio. I think diversifying your your skill set is is so powerful. Um, just because it, it gives them the potential for more freedom and the potential for more choices, and they're not stuck, right? They don't feel like – and I think there's a lot of people that feel stuck, even yes. though they probably aren't really stuck. Yes. Um, they just need a sinking ship to help them realize yes. <laughs> that Sometimes there's other options out there.
1: Yes. Change is, is hard, and um, people don't necessarily want to take risks all the time.
0: Nice. So let's talk about the value of connection. Obviously, building building your own business has required you to to create a network. Um, What's what's helped you create connection and and build a a following?
1: Sure. So the first thing um, that was the had the hugest impact for me as a business owner was to join a business mastermind um, because it put me in the room with people that were like minded many of whom were way further down the road than I was. And um, it immediately grew my network and it made me think bigger. I remember the first meeting um, it was, I'm in North Carolina and the meeting was in Florida and sitting in a room be like, I literally didn't know people made this much money. Like I literally had no idea it was possible for a person to make that much money. I was like, well, Let me try. Um, And so that immediately helped me uh, with my mindset in regards to what I was able to do, what I wasn't able to do. And it um, grew my Rolodex of people that I could reach out to um, for questions, comments Um, And most importantly, to help my clients. So when I'm in those kind of rooms with 100 to 150 other business owners and I have a client that has a problem, I most likely know someone that can help them, that I can plug in and provide value. So masterminds has been I recently joined another one, which is where you and I met. So masterminds have been the biggest thing for me and they are large investments of time and money. Um, But it's amazing when you can put yourself in those kind of rooms, the relationships that you walk out with.
0: Yeah. Pretty, pretty incredible to realize that, you know, obviously the room that you and I met in there's people making million dollar deals and, and as if they were, you know, buying each other coffee. Yes. (laughs) And so it's, it's definitely a whole different, I I mean, really, I feel like it was a whole different world. You you stepped into a, a whole new world and that that most people don't realize exists, and and the businesses that they're creating are creating more abundance and more influence. And really, the biggest thing for me that came out of that mastermind was the impact and the number of of nonprofits and and organizations that are being supported, um, charities and causes that are that are being created and supported. By, by that group of people um, was incredible. And so, so yeah, it's uh, the power of the mastermind is definitely, whew, <laughs> overwhelming almost, right? Like you, once you get in there, you get swept up in, in, in a, like, like you said, you, you realize that what's possible, right? You realize that, that we've been playing small, like, like really yeah. small. And so, so yeah, that was, that was, that's pretty huge. So obviously you and I come from a faith, a faith background. Um, and, and you mentioned obviously your experience with the construction company and an unscrupulous salesperson. So how important is character for an entrepreneur?
1: I think integrity is, um, one of the key things to succeed as an entrepreneur, Uh, because there's a lot of people that talk a game but aren't able to back it up Mm -hmm. so for me integrity is do what you say you're going to do because if you do what you say you're going to do you will always have clients you will always have work and you will be able to get to your goals and there's a lot of people that I see in the entrepreneur world that are throwing numbers around and bragging and, and those sorts of things but then when you learn more, you're like, Oh, you actually haven't done all those things. That's Mm. not great. And so then that's not someone you want to do business with. So for me, integrity is number one with um, in regards to the people that I do business with.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Well, and, and kind of following on that is for me, is the power of, of gratitude. How do you use gratitude in, in your life and then in the life of your clients?
1: Sure. So on a personal level, um, and not that I do this every day, I wish I did. Um, but the first thing so I set my alarm for two different times and they're 10 minutes apart. So I get up, turn off the alarm, and then I lay there and be in and um do my gratitude. What am I thankful for? And what are my intentions for today? Um, what do I Need to achieve? Um, is there anything that I need to be praying for? Those sorts of things. And then the second alarm goes off, and that's when I get out of bed and you know go shake all the kids and get them moving. Um, and then I also have a journal that I write in, so that first thing when I hit my desk, when I haven't done that, done that uh, little in bed gratitude focus time, um, I just write down three things that I'm thankful for, two dreams that I have, and anything. Um, that I need to be praying for or, um, intentions that I have for that day or for that week.
0: Mm, So good. So are are there any other routines that you, um, consider, you know, sacred and necessary for your day? Mm.
1: Um, at the end of the day, connecting with my husband and kids, um, time. I I hold it high value um, so that we can sit down and talk and see what's going on Um, because we're apart more than we are together during the day. So dinner time is very important to okay, what went well today? What were you excited about? And it's so funny because uh, we have a lot of people that come to our house um, from our church community, just show up for dinner. And so, um, we were sitting down at dinner and we had some guests over and our our youngest daughter turned to one of them and was like, okay, so what exciting thing happened to you today? And he was like, caught off guard. And uh, my husband was like, oh, um, this is what our dinner looks like. And he was like, oh, this is great. And so, you know, this 20 something was <laughs> telling our kids about, you know, what exciting thing happened to him. Um, so dinner time is is, and that connection is important.
0: Mm, so good all right so we kind of dipped into the family world so what what are some of the blessings of being an entrepreneur and and raising a family
1: um flexibility is the number one where if you're sitting at a nine to five and someone's sick or hurt and uh, even in the covid world when you're virtual it's hard to if you're someone's expecting you to sit at a computer for all that time and run into the other room and take care of a kid, that's hard. So for me, it's flexibility of schedule. I can be intentional with what's important to me. So I block off time in my calendar to be a mom because I got to go pick up the kids or I've got to leave early Friday because we've got a tennis meeting or blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) then um, it also gives us flexibility of schedule. So as the company is doing well, we're about experiences rather than stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like next week we're going on a trip because we want to go on a trip and uh, we're going to go on an adventure with the kids and take them to some places that they've been before and places that they haven't. Um, so freedom of schedule is what's amazing.
0: Nice. All right. So what was your most memorable date with your husband? Date or like trip. Like date, like whatever, date or trip, whatever, whatever was the most memorable for you.
1: <laughs> um. So every year, my husband and I take at least one trip, just the two of us. Um, so normally we go down to um, the Caribbean and stay at an all-inclusive resort and... Uh, So I just cherish those times because we're intentional, like I I have an agenda and there's lots of uh, team bonding, but there's also like, let's talk about our goals. Let's talk, let's look at if there's a new personality test or behavior test or whatever, we'll do those and just have a better understanding. And we put on paper what our goals are Mm -hmm. and what is the, and we do this in December. So what is the next year going to look like for us and our family? What's important to us? What are goals that we have? Uh, what are our priorities so it gets us on the same page and we also happen to be sitting on the beach looking at beautiful scenery drinking a fruity drink with alcohol in it and so it just <laughs> those those moments are what I cherish um because it's him and I connecting and dreaming together
0: mm, so good all right so what do you love to do in your free time with your kids
1: um adventures so we um go hiking. We go to parks. Uh, we're a big Pokemon Go family. So I don't... Is that don't still think. a thing? It totally is still a thing. <laughs> so um, on community days, we go out and we all have our phones and we go to raids and <laughs> do all the Pokemon stuff because we get little kids and they think that's great. And so um, being outside and playing and hiking and Pokemon hunting is <laughs> normally what we do as a family.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So you mentioned the power of the mastermind. Um what have mentors meant for your journey? And how would you encourage an entrepreneur to to find it, a mentor that could help them?
1: Sure. So um the mastermind has been great because it has given me those mentors and also introduced me to a business coach. So I have mentors and I have a business coach. So I have different people that I can go to for a sounding board. So if opportunities arise, um, I have a number of people that I can call up and be like, look, man, here's what's on the table. Is that a good deal? Like, should I take it? Is this a person that, you know, I should do this with? Like, what do you think? And so um, it's finding people that are further down the road than I am that can you know, they've already made a lot of the mistakes so they can help me avoid them is uh, key to the mentors. You want to find someone who's failed a lot um, because failure leads to success. Mm -hmm. So uh, being able to just to call up those guys and, you know, even last week I did the, you know, one of them was actually at the mastermind and I put a deal in front of them that I was being offered. And listen to him. And, you know, what did he think? What were his points? And so now I can go back and renegotiate based on his wisdom and the lessons he's learned.
0: Mm, So good. Yeah. Learning, learning from other people's mistakes is so much better than making your own.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But it's good to have people that, you know, it's being willing to listen, right? Uh, Obviously if, if you ask a mentor and then you don't listen, they're not going to be <laughs> they're not going to be as supportive you know, in the long run and so we will be right back after this short break this episode is sponsored by the newly released book The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson available on Amazon or you can order a personalized signed copy at add value, the number two life.com add value to life.com forward slash shift if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Let's talk about ways of finding mentors.
1: Um, so for me, it was being in masterminds or being around other entrepreneurs and finding someone who's further down the road than you are and who's. Something about them you wanted to emulate, whether it's um, their business, how they live their life, their priorities, um, something that they have that you're like, that's something to strive for. And then going up and having a communication and letting them know what your goals are and appreciating what they've created and letting them know that you want to create something similar and people love to talk about themselves. So it's really easy to get, if you can find the right person to get them to open up and share their stories and to be invested in your success as well.
0: Mm, so good. <laughs> so let's talk about your niche. How, how, how important is, is narrowing down a niche and, and then you know what, what is yours and
1: Got you. So we, our niche is not like an industry. It's more of a size of company and a type of person. So we started out and a lot of our clients were in the trades construction just because that was my background. So that was my network. But now we have clients in all over the country, different industries. Um, But we really, we can help small companies, we can help large companies, but where we really shine is like the 1 million to 5 million top line revenue. And so that's where a lot of our marketing is targeted towards, because at that point, we are able to add a lot of value and can have a significant impact with that entrepreneur and his or her business and their growth. Because quite frankly, you can fake it and not know your numbers and not have structure till when you're a couple hundred thousand, as long as there's money in the bank. But once you hit seven figures, you just can't fake it anymore. And you have to get a hold of your numbers. And that's where we shine in coming in and and building that foundation. And we've got clients that are south of that and we're able to help. And we've got clients that are 20 some million that we're able to help. But that that size, we can really help.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what is a fractional CFO and and how is that different than like outsourcing your bookkeeping?
1: Sure. Yes. So my firm can do be an entire outsourced accounting team. We don't do tax, but we have a number of strategic partners that we work with with tax um, because I want to work for the entrepreneur, not the IRS. And the CPA who does your tax filing is beholden to the IRS, not to you. So I want to work for the entrepreneur. Um, So a fractional CFO is like your co-pilot. If you were in Denver and wanted to drive to Disneyland and you say, I want to drive to Disneyland, your fractional CFO has the map out and is helping you get to that destination. And if you, as the driver say, oh, I want to take this exit, then your co-pilot is like, okay, let's look at reassess. Okay. Now it's going to take us an extra two hours to get there, but you're still on course or, well, that'll take you off track significantly, but are you changing your goal? Do you want to go to Disney world instead? Mm -hmm. Um, And a CFO is looking out the front window of your car. Uh, or of your company, where accountants look out the rearview mirror. Accountants Mm -hmm. tell you what has happened. And a good CFO takes the information of the past and creates a plan for the future.
0: Mm, So good. So when we get off the exit, are we allowed to buy snacks? I mean,
1: that's... Is it in the budget (laughs) or not? We'll find out.
0: (laughs) There's no sense in us even stopping if we can't have snacks. (laughs) Oh, That's so good. I appreciate that that analogy, right? We we all know we need a CPA and you have to have but the idea that that they're just looking in the in the rearview mirror and and not not giving you information to help you make better decisions.
1: Correct. And so we meet entrepreneurs all the time. I was actually on a call with one right before this where he's got a bookkeeper, he's got a controller in house, he's got a CPA but he has no one giving him guidance of what to do next Mm -hmm. and how to get where he wants, because he wants to exit like most of us and he has no one helping him figure out how to do that. And that's exactly where we can come in and add value to him and help his team, make sure his team is doing what they're supposed to do and everything's accurate, but more importantly work with this owner and help him create that plan of Let's get you that exit in that timeline for that dollar amount. Let's look at your profit. Let's look at your numbers. And we, as CFOs, have a lot of tools that we can use. We have we're certified in different um, programs as well, so we can custom we customize the plan for each client based on where they are and what they want. So we can partner with them and help them. You know, okay, you need cash flow management. Fantastic. Which of these tools? do you want to use? And then we'll help you implement it and hold you accountable.
0: Nice. So I know that you're, you're an empire coach. Is that your primary tool? Um...
1: Yes. When it comes to um, a holistic approach to helping our clients, empire is our preferred method because it looks at leadership, finance, personnel, ops, and sales and marketing. So it hits the five areas of a business. So regardless of what you're, pain point is, or true problem is, we can dive in and help you solve it. Um, We're really strong in the finance. And, but what we found is originally we were just helping in the finance, but I was like, but they have so many other problems. (laughs) Like, holy cow, they've had so much, you know, and I didn't have a framework in which to guide them. And so that's where Empire has been so powerful for us and our clients, because now I have a framework and a tool and a path and we can help you get there. You know, make your finances strong, but also, okay, let's process map all your operations because nothing's consistent, right? Or let's do some work with your personnel because these people are not happy and we need them happy and bought into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Empire is an amazing tool. We are uh, profit first certified. So, if people want to use that cash flow methodology, we have that tool available as well. But, nice. Empire is our main one.
0: Love both of those <laughs> fantastic tools. Um, and, and, and I definitely appreciate the the holistic approach, right? Like uh, as, as a coach, you know, I can, I can help you with your goals, but the truth is your relationships matter too. And so, so let's talk about, um, relationships and, and the power of forgiveness as, as a entrepreneur. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of my values of, um, Our company is honesty. And uh, another one is work hard. Another is integrity. And the other is fun. And the way I frame that is I expect you to show up, do what you say you're going to do, work hard. And if it goes south, be honest about it. Um, I had a mentor that says, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Um, So I encourage my team to go make decisions. And here's the task. Figure out what needs to be done. And if you screw up, own it and we will keep going. Um, obviously, don't make the same mistake twice, then we have a problem. But I'd rather you make all new mistakes, because then you're learning and you're growing.
0: Well, I like so the honesty, but that's a real challenge for a lot of companies and a lot of leadership is it's easy for us to put that in our core values and to make a statement that we want you to, we want you to try. We want you to try, and it's okay to fail. But then, when we show up at the staff meeting, and the failure is treated a little differently than than yeah, that. Yeah, and you
1: and you can't. Um, my team has seen, you know, at um, at our team meeting where someone botched something, and so it was a uh, okay. What can we learn from that? How can we do it differently? What process do we need to put in place so that that doesn't happen again? And I'm not going to get mad at you for making a mistake. I'm going to get mad at you for not telling me you made a mistake. Like if you own your crap, I will back you all day long. But if you try to cover it up or hide it, that's what's going to make me upset.
0: Yeah, I kind of had the same rules with my kids. Like I wanted our commitment was home was safe no matter what. No matter what's happened outside a house the home is safe and and we want to make sure that that you have an opportunity to to be honest right creating creating a safe space as the team right creating a safe space in the boardroom um is is challenging as mm-hmm. a parent and yes. and I, I i that's probably one of the places i I screwed up the most and it was typically like you know holy crap, I can't believe you did that and then you take a deep breath and you go okay I've got you. We're gonna go through this together, and and we'll deal with the consequences of this together. Um, but but it can be hard. I know I've been on leadership teams, and and they say you know we want it to be a safe space, but but they're not really safe spaces. Um, it's hard. It's hard to have that level of security where where you can honestly bring a mistake and and not feel like you're gonna get fired or get you know, um, embarrassed in front of the, in front of the team, right. Throwing on the chopping block.
1: And that's where as leaders and parents, we need to separate the person from the action. Mm. And so at work or at home, I am, I'm never, what did you do? Like it it is always what happened
0: Mm, because
1: you are not wrong. The action was not great. (laughs) <laughs> or the decision you made was not great. You as a human are still amazing. And it works in the office too. Um, if a client gets excited and sends a irate email, it's not going to my team member mean being like, what did you do? How could you piss them off? How could you forget this? It's uh, this client has this issue, what happened? And understanding both sides and being like, Oh, the client didn't read your email. Got it. I will go back to them and remind them to check their email and to chill out. <laughs> you know, or oh, you did forget. Okay. Well, let's apologize. No problem and how can we make sure we don't do that again?
0: Hmm. Yeah, so good. <clears throat> as a as a leader, the other place I caught myself was that worrying about what other people think. And it was more of sometimes regulating my kids' behavior or, or creating expectations for my kids' behavior based on what it would make me look like as a leader. Uh, and, and it's weird to, to say, wait a minute, what am I, what am I thinking about, right? What, what do I care what those people think? Yeah. And then entrepreneurs can get caught in that too. It, you know, more worried about what other people think than their goals and dreams.
1: Yeah. And the way I approach that, Robert, is figuring out what's important. Like, mm-hmm. what do I want to be known for as a business owner, as a wife, as a mom? And anything outside of that, I'm just going to let go. Like, mm-hmm. my kids don't show up places. Like matching, or <laughs> even like with socks that match, or um, clothes that don't necessarily have holes in them. Because, well, they
0: put oh, a hole no. in
1: the pants, and we gotta go. So let's I, go. You know, I had more
0: people offer to buy my son pants and shoes than um.
1: <laughs> and my kids. They literally just grab socks. Like, it doesn't matter whose they are, what color, what length. Like, my son will walk out the door in shorts and a small black sock and a long white sock. And the white socks pulled up all the way. I'm like, what? And he's like, I found socks. I was like, sure did. You sure did.
0: My my son wouldn't even wear shoes half the time. We had to keep flip-flops in the car just so we could go to stop at a restaurant if we needed to. So I understand entirely. And And we did have people in the church that... Pretty regularly offered to buy him pants (laughs) because they must have felt like we didn't have any. (laughs) There are
1: bigger battles, and I'm not like. Do they show up and are they respectful? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't care like how their appearance is. Like they they took a shower two days ago. They're all right.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. My kids survived it, so. Hopefully yours will as well. (laughs) I think they will. It sounds like you're doing a fantastic job. So let's talk. Well, you've already kind of mentioned adventure and, but in business, how important is play and fun?
1: Super. Um, And that's why fun is one of our four core values, because in this world, you have a lot of choices of how to do life and who to do life with. Mm. And I would rather have fun and enjoy the people I'm with than to be miserable and have a pile of money. So um, my team and I, um, you know, our meetings include fun. Like what's a win? Like, what are you excited about? You know, like just doing life together. Um, uh, My team's all spread out. So I've flown us to get, you know, flown us to different places to meet and hang out and do photo shoots and go to trainings and got to eat and, Um, it just makes people happier if they're enjoying what they're doing and who they're doing it with and they care more. Mm, So good. People, people leave jobs all the time because they're miserable, not because they're not paid enough or not because, um, you know, they don't have the right title. People leave jobs because they're not treated well and they're not appreciated Mm. and they're not having a, and they're not enjoying it people will only be miserable for so long. So you Hmm. might as well have fun and do life with people you want to do life with.
0: Absolutely. All right. So what inspires you, Pam?
1: Oh, lots of things. Um, Lots of things. Um, You know, I I want to show my daughters what a strong woman can do in the world um, and the impact that it can have. And I, I want to show other young women that, you can start a business and you can, quote, have it all um, and be a wife and a mom and a, and a business and, and succeed. Um, you know, I, I want to have impact. I want to help people.
0: Nice. So speaking of impact, let's talk about the opportunity for contribution. And, and uh, I mean, mentioned earlier, significance and, and impact. And what does what does growing your own business allow you to, to do in, in the areas of contribution?
1: So um, a lot, because having freedom of an entrepreneur gives you freedom of time and freedom of money. So I'm able to give both of those to a number of organizations and people that I wouldn't be able to if I were just, working on someone else's calendar instead of mine. Um, so we're very active in our church community and investing in young adults and students. And then financially, we're able to bless a lot of people, but it's not something that we're on a billboard. Look what we did. You know, <laughs> all, of, all of the cool things that we do, no one should know about. Mm. Um, and But we've been able to do a lot of things that we weren't, Ten years ago, because we didn't have the finances, and and now we're able to help people in ways that we never were able to
0: before. Mm, so powerful.
1: No one will ever know.
0: <laughs> well, and, and that's and that that's the blessing of of doing it for for the right reason, right? Yeah. You know that I wrote a chapter in my book, and 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 basically it was inspired by Andrew, but. Basically, entrepreneurs are in business to make money. We have to make money. And you've got to be able to say, I want to make money. But at the same time, it can't be about the money. (laughs) And so there's that there's that dichotomy that you have to figure out. Why are you why is making money so important? Why is you know, what are the things that you're going to do with it? What is what does it create for you? otherwise you know money money can't ever be the driver right money can't be in the driver's seat cuz you make different choices and you do different things and you put your stupid face on a billboard saying you know hey i did this or you know, you get to that level where you just your name's on the hospital and the library and the <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a whole different family legacy level
1: yeah and <laughs> there's nothing wrong with wealth i there's plenty of people that have piles of money And do amazing things with it but also have a lambo like having a lambo is not bad having seven might be excessive right (laughs) and you don't need your name on a building but you can definitely you know if that's if you're showy fantastic but there's a lot of other things that you can do to help people locally and around the world with resources and i don't think as entrepreneurs, we were called, like, it's not a race to the bottom, it's a race to the top. Mm-hmm. And as entrepreneurs, money is a driver, and we all need money, but it's also the achievement of it. And the challenge of taking a risk and seeing if it works. Because if you're just chasing money, there's never, there's never a success, there's never a done, there's never a, a, a time to celebrate, because every dollar you make, you want another one. Right. Um, and so you need, as entrepreneurs, I feel that if you're just chasing money, you're never going to stop chasing. But mm-hmm. if you're chasing something else, you know, chase the Lambo, right? Right. You want the Lambo. Fantastic. Once you have a Lambo, then what are you going to want? And then what are you going to want? You know, because money's only going to get you so far down the road, but what money can bring and the impact you can have with it for others that that's legacy
0: yeah so powerful i uh, i think it it it's challenging for and even you know biblically jesus said that, that that there's huge challenges with money but the truth is you need money church needs money charities need money you know everything everything requires money to 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 have a bigger impact and so it's it's important to be able to get past that idea that that there's something wrong with money
1: yeah um and if you look in the bible and what's talked about money i actually did a sermon on this it's it's the love of money that's the problem and putting money before your faith and devotion to god is the problem the money itself is not i mean look at the parable of the talents the one that Absolutely. had more that did something was blessed more and i'm and it's not a race to like you don't win by giving away all your money and making no money and living on a street. Like I am the best person ever because I have nothing. No. Cause then you need help from somebody else. <laughs> so the more you wealth, you can build the bigger impact you can have.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and it, it is that idea that the money's not the driver, the money's the, the tool and the money creates the opportunity, creates the opportunity for impact um, and, and creates the opportunity for significance, right? Yeah. And making a difference in more people's lives.
1: Yeah. And as is really business, what this is about. Exactly. And as a business owner and entrepreneur, if you understand what your numbers are, you can be intentional about making them go up so you can have more to do more with.
0: Scale. Love that. <laughs> yeah, scaling is scaling is the fun step. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes.
1: Perseverance is not so exciting. Scaling (laughs) is (laughs) amazing.
0: So let's talk about perseverance and the need for perseverance in, in that, in the, the, those elements of the journey that it's necessary to, to, to persevere and have discipline. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as an entrepreneur visionary, like it's way more fun to think of amazing ideas and dream and Um, come up with 50,000 businesses I could start and how to make them profitable than to like, just put your head down day after day, like grind. And so um, what I found is if I have a goal and it's visible and I know what it is, I can know for this period of time, I'm going to put my head down, persevere, grind, do what needs to be done because this is the goal. And then also it's helpful to schedule time to dream And to allow myself that vision time, because if all I'm doing is head down, grind, grind, um, I can lose focus on what's what's fun and what I enjoy doing. So Mm -hmm. it's a balance like you do have to just put your head down and get the job done. Because that leads to the next fun idea (laughs) that you can do.
0: Well, I think that's the importance of, of having a goal, right? And having creating and Napoleon Hill called it a burning desire around that goal and and making that goal um just your driving force you know it's the reason you get up in the morning it's the reason that you sit at the desk and grind through the boring stuff because because that that burning desire is pushing you and driving you to do that process and those things that you know you need to do to to get to that end result Uh, or to be able to get to the place where you can scale it and replace yourself, and scale it and replace yourself.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: No, that's those are those are a lot more fun. Yes. So, what's your what's your big dream?
1: Um. So I've got lots of them. Um. <laughs> for this, the business that I have now, um, it's to grow it to um, a certain amount of top line, bottom line revenue um, that affords my team a good lifestyle affords me a good lifestyle and then at that number hire someone to run it on a day-to-day basis or sell it and have someone else run it um because as an entrepreneur like i know that i have so much bandwidth before i'm out and so um so it's building the team and the structure so that we can get to a level where I don't have to run it on a day-to-day basis. So it doesn't need me or someone else can buy it and run it. And then nice. as an entrepreneur, then it's do it again, <laughs>
0: right?
1: Like it, it's not, I'm not trying to get a big check and ride off in the sunset and retire. It's all right. Well, go do it again.
0: So, what's the, next, problem to solve. so what's the next one?
1: Oh, there's 50,000 ideas. Um, <laughs> lots of them. I I would love to buy a big warehouse and um, put a church on one end and a bar on the other and have a competition with my husband who wins. I think I will. I'll run the bar. Um, (laughs) um, There's also um, like consulting in regards to M&A that I would love to do. Uh, Because right now we do help clients get ready for an exit. So it'd be fun just to have a business that focused on that preparation and getting your company teed up so that when you go in front of investors or a buyer, you get the highest valuation possible. And it's a easy plug and play for the buyer, the new buyer. So that's fun. I mean, having a, like a health studio would be fun. You know, there's like, Every other day, there's like, oh, that's a great idea. How about I have a car dealership? I know nothing about cars. That'd be great. (laughs) You know, like, so the the ideas, um, I'm never out of ideas. So it's all about timing of when I get to a point where this company doesn't need me day in and day out to look around and be like, okay, which one's going to be most fun?
0: Nice. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and and the energy of. Uh, of ideas. I, I think, I believe they come from source, right? I believe they, they come from God. And when when you're open to them and you, you acknowledge receiving them, right? Um, I believe that we're, most of us grow up and become idea killers, right? The, the voice in our head says, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that'll never work, right? And we just let the idea go, So what do you do to honor the ideas when you, when you're receiving them and to, to keep that flow moving?
1: Um, So I'm a risk taker. Um, So all ideas sound plausible and worth a shot. Um, (laughs) But then I do have like my rational mind that's like, do you know how much money that would take? How long would it (laughs) take? Those kind of things. Um, But my initial gut is like, yeah, we'll figure it out. So it's it's a balance in my head of, yeah, we'll figure it out and maybe we'll win or maybe we'll just learn an expensive lesson and the the legs of it. Um, so it's just a, it's trying to figure out which one of these is, is worth the risk right now. And which is like, OK, we'll table that one. Like. a file of like all my fun ideas.
0: I'll nice. just
1: I'll just grab them whenever they're ready
0: well and john maxwell i think he says talks about ideas he he categorizes them in three ways right that there's a you know not for me right so maybe it's an idea for somebody else in my network and and acknowledging that you know hey i could pass this idea on to somebody else um and not for right now
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> right and so that's an idea i got to table and and wait till i have some certain amount of revenue um and then and then of course i think uh maybe there's a not ever idea. (laughs) I don't know. But the idea is that you, you acknowledge them at least and try to try to just give them a little bit of life, right. A little bit of water, a little bit of (laughs) just a little, keep, keep the energy uh, attached to it so that it doesn't die. Um, I think all of us or or many people, you know, you, you come up with an idea and you say, Oh, that'll never happen. And then you see the TV commercial six months later and you go, that was my idea, and and of course you're thinking, oh, I missed out on the million dollar thing because, <laughs> because I allowed the voice in my head to kill it. Yeah,
1: um, our limiting but, beliefs get in the way.
0: Ooh, so so let's talk about limiting beliefs real quick before we finish, because we're getting nice. down to the down to the wire here. What what's helped you deal with with your limiting beliefs?
1: Um. So first, I had to identify them and acknowledge them and own them Hmm. Um, because I tried to ignore what they were for a while and that wasn't helpful. So (laughs) I had to acknowledge that, look, these are what are stopping me. These are what I'm allowing to stop me uh, from getting where I want to go. And then I had to reframe them with a statement of affirmation against that limiting belief and then I write them down. <laughs> so um in the in the journal that I have, um, all you know, what I'm thankful for, my dreams. And then if I'm feeling rather controlled by the negative voices, I have some statements that I write out um to remind myself that I am not those limiting beliefs.
0: Mm, so good. Yeah, I think it's challenging for a lot of people to recognize the voice in their head is not them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And, and they have control over the voice, which is really fun and cool. And so
1: yeah. And <laughs> so it's a being able to acknowledge it and then reframe it of that's not the truth. This is my truth. That mm-hmm. limiting belief is not gonna own me. Nice. And writing them out has been helpful for me. Saying yeah. them fine, but like I need to own if I write it down, I own it.
0: Nice. I like that. All right, Pam, you've just spent an hour having coffee or bourbon with your favorite entrepreneur and you want to leave them with Pam's words of wisdom, what would you share?
1: Oh man, there's so much. Um, (laughs) Your numbers tell a story Mm. and whether you're listening, the rest of the business world is. (laughs) So learn to listen to the story your numbers are telling you.
0: Mm. So good. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. I've learned so much and have just had a, enjoyed the conversation. And I know that you've added a ton of value to the audience and, and me. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Robert. Appreciate this.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's A-D-D, mindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com In our next episode, Iran was born in Tel Aviv, Israel. Iran left Israel in his teens and settled in Australia. He started his entrepreneurial journey out of necessity to support himself. His biggest passion is helping others and his entrepreneurial journey and love of technology have brought him to the place where he provides tech solutions for online businesses around the globe.